Heaven hi. Welcome to Rum Doings, a hundred Nick's a horrible human being and deserves to be pushed in a hole. I'm in London and John is in a place where the state reserves the right to kill you at any time and won't make you better if you're ill. This is a fact. I'm in San Francisco, city of technology and schizophrenia on the streets. He also has a cold and is playing up the, oh, I'm too important to sleep and I've just woken up nonsense. I'm too important to sleep? Yes. I don't understand. Well, oh, look, I've got all these meetings and people to hug and congratulate me for rock, paper, shotguns, so I... uh, Oh, you're... That's a horrible thing to say. Cutting into my sleeping time. It's half... It's 20 to 8 in the morning. I set my alarm for quarter past 7 and... And woke up. At, I woke up at five, and then couldn't go back to sleep till about quarter to six. But I don't understand. You're not a games developer. Why are you at a games developer conference? Because I am a journalist, and I'm reporting every second of the events. I enjoyed the bits where you um, found the talk pretentious, but not particularly enlightening. But you still had to be nice about it. I like that one. <laughs> Since I haven't written up any talks I've been to. That's one. an extraordinary insight you've demonstrated. There was one about, about different sorts of narrative, implicit and explicit, or whatever that pseudo nonsense oh, was, yes. It was, I wrote, that was just part of one of the little diary things. It was a really interesting idea that he was just, he was debunking the notion of emergent. Now, I thought you'd be entirely, in fact, I think, in fact, you probably are, and you're just so desperate to find something to criticise, you've deliberately misinterpreted what was said. What's the topic today? The topic today is GDC. Oh, that's screwed things up, hasn't it? Well, ideally, so it stops you from being a dick. What's the topic today, John? Don't be naughty. (laughs) That that was the topic I came up with. The topic today is, isn't it about time we went to war with Russia? Yes. Okay, fine. Good. Um, So, have you been enjoying your United States, or has has the sheen come off it? Uh, The sheen, uh, San Francisco, I'm really, really struggling with now, and that's not that's not something new, but it's something that gets great more and more with each return. As a city, I think I, there's so much about San Francisco that I really like, but uh, this this contrast of op- opulence versus just sheer hate for the poor mm-hmm. and, and and mentally ill is is it, the the dissidence of it is so great that it starts to really mess with your brain. But what's peculiar, and we've mentioned this before, do the San Franciscans themselves, the, the middle San Franciscans, uh, not, do you think they put it out their mind? Do they think they just shrug their sh- shoulders and say it's one of those things? Is it like the fog and the, <laughs> you know, it's just existential for them? Or does it grate them at some spiritual level? I, I- I don't know, and I keep meaning to, but of course most of the people I'm with are people from outside of San Francisco, um, so I haven't really had too many people to nag about it. And then at the same time, it's also quite an awkward thing to bring up in the middle of, of most conversations. But it, it is, it is. Uh, I can't see how it doesn't spiritually damage the whole city. I was wondering about whether, it's a city where you can walk pretty much everywhere, which is great, but I wondered whether the politicians don't, whether they're driven everywhere, so they don't experience the the truly psychic horror of stepping over someone with schizophrenia. Yes, indeed. And when I was there, I noticed that as well. And what was strange to me was, again, it was it did seem to be a bit like pigeons. 
oh well, there's just these annoying yeah. pigeons here. Yeah. We just step up with the pigeons. And maybe if you stay there long enough, you get used to it. But maybe yeah. you wouldn't want to. Oh, that, that, I, I wonder. I wonder whether you would... You know, I, I, let's not pretend that you're not dealing with homelessness in London and, and I'm not dealing with it with a far lesser degree in in, uh, in Bath or where I live now. It's nothing like it was in the um, late 80s. No, no, definitely. And when you see someone homeless now, you kind of do an about take because it's a bit of an odd thing to see now. I say, hold on, what, what, what's that person doing there? Um, whereas there was a time in the 80s where people were strewn all over the streets. But one was never comfortable with that, I don't think. And it, no, and I think that... Well, I don't think anyone's comfortable, but that there's this all like um as i as I, my, I do this regular walk from my hotel which is up past union square of which is of course you know like just the richest most you know opulent part of all down toward um the moscone center where the convention is and on the way i will pass probably 10 different uh people asking for money at least 10 for asking for money um, more with just with signs and others just screaming or singing and dancing or just jabbering away in madly to themselves. And it's so ubiquitous. It's so, so many and so frequent that I think you would eventually just allow it to become part of the street furniture. You see, think about something like that in India or Mumbai or something where, sorry, Bombay, where you would there's a kind there is a kind of fatalism that apparently is based on some religious notion of karma and you know these people are experiencing their oh, particular yeah. part of the re, the regenerative cycle of life and there's the, yeah, the castless yeah. system yeah. whereas it's it seems that seems a bit odd in that sort of society to just put up with that but i suppose that's the libertarian dream isn't it everyone looks <laughs> after themselves and uh, they're just in the Ayn Rand scheme of things, they're losers and should probably just be killed. Yeah, <laughs> they should just be rounded up and used for meat. Well, for, for meat, well, obviously not for not not for humans. They're not they're not grass fed and free range. After well, actually, they are free range. They're very free range. Yes, but and know. hey, Nick, Nick, Nicky, really, they are grass fed. Yeah, and let's be honest, then they're, they're, they're none of them are going to have be, have had any antibiotics, so they'll be organic because they can't afford them. That's true. Mm. Oh dear. But otherwise you're enjoying it, despite the despicable um, wretch of humanity. That's right. Apart from the soul-destroying horrors of um, of the rich-poor divide, it's a lovely time. GDC is amazing. It's, um, it's a week that reminds me why I care about this industry. Yeah. Which is which is no bad thing, and, and I know that's to someone who, lit- who, who, who only cares about the industry in so much as wishes its destruction. That's a uh, yeah. An unusual thing for you, but um, yeah. it's it's about meeting creative people who are working for no money to make things because they so passionately care about them is is a real joy. But have you um, met anybody this week where you thought this person's going to revolutionise TV games? Have you had that feeling? Uh, no, but I don't think that's necessarily something anyone's going to do. But is TV games settled, or is it going, or is it in a funk, or does it feel like something new must be on the horizon? Oh, I think it's not. Rather than something new in terms of like technologically, I think hopefully we're at something new in terms of maturity. So, uh, talking to um, uh, one particular very famous games developer at one point, um, he was talking about how well, he thinks we're in our sophomore year. Mm. And um, is very much hoping that, you know, we can graduate soon. And at that point, 
at that point, things like the difference between AAA and indie will disappear, and it'll just be, you know, yes, yeah. Uh-huh. And then that, it, funnily enough, that's probably a technological thing. Right now, making a game is very difficult. It's very difficult to know how to make a game. Once you take that barrier down, once the barrier of the film camera becomes, once the digital film camera becomes cheaply and easily available to all, anyone can make a movie. So once, probably pro- yes. Well, once programs like Unity become even simpler, and there's some, been some big announcements this week about um, the Unreal Engine and the Crisis Crytek Engine, both becoming much easier to, much more affordable for indies to pay to use, hmm. and these are, and they're becoming much more intuitive to use. So once the technological barriers are broken down, gaming will presumably become something different, something newer. Okay, that's enough about games. What about yeah. that advert that you saw for a dump cake? Dump cake. Now, I'm sure dump cake is a is a common thing in America, and everyone in America thinks I'm silly for even caring. But it was the fact that it was a big brown bowl of pudding at the same time that made me so happy. And uh, it, it was odd that it seemed to have an advert for it. I mean, clearly there's a, a big market for dump cake. One eight hundred five eight six three double five nine. Or www.buydumpcakes.com. Uh, were you tempted? Uh, I was not. I was flicking. What, what, I was watching a TV channel, a TV show that had, it was going to advert breaks because it was the other second, and so I was flicking through channels, and I just came across this advert halfway through, and it was uh, extraordinary. Please allow two to six weeks for delivery. That's a really vague. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's period, and then their address. Their address, if anyone wants to visit them, is dumpcakes. Three Telly Brands Plaza. Oh, it's a plaza. Fairf- Fairfield, New Jersey. Well, that'll be a lovely place. I can imagine this 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 plaza in New Jersey is going to be beautiful. Shall we all go there for the rum doings holiday? That'll be lovely. Sorry, no cods. Sorry, no cods. It says here, which is, seems like racism against fish to me. It is very racist. I think we should definitely go there. Let's all go there. Let's go to Telly Brands Plaza. <laughs> Where are you going on holiday this year? Well, I was thought thinking of going to the Maldives, but I'm quite opposed to the new Islamist regime, so I thought we'd pop into uh, Telly Brands Plaza instead for a couple of weeks. That would be beautiful. I hear that they, uh, everything is steam cleaned. Excellent. So you've got a cold. Which Did you get it on your flight? Uh, I have no idea, but it, it's a, an, an annual tradition. The, they call it GDC flu, although it's not flu. No, um, you, you've got a cold. I, yeah, I've got a, I've got a cold. I got it on Wednesday. Normally, it kind of kicks in. I think I escaped it last year, and previously, it's not wasn't until I got home. So, how's your jet lag? Um, no, I don't think I have any. I think really? this way it's very easy to adjust in this direction. The first couple, the first morning, I woke up at five thirty, but the second morning, I woke up at seven. So, all right, okay, very good. I saw, I went to a talk you might have enjoyed. Go on then. It was the Lucasfilm Games post mortem, and it was the original. But they don't exist anymore. I know. That's why it was a post-mortem. That's what Mm. tends to happen when things stop existing. Anyway, Lucasfilm Games stopped existing in 1989. Mm. Um, And this was the original guys, the guy who started it, and not everyone, but a panel of five of the original team who who created those very first few games that eventually led up to what they became famous for, like Maniac Mansion, Zack McCracken, and Ah, so forth. Indeed. But this is the games previous to those as well, which I've forgotten the names of all of them. So I don't have my notes in front of me. Uh-huh. But it was really fun. That's not even true. I do have my notes in front of me. Hang on. Will you be writing up any of this for your blog? 
yes, I shall be writing this up for my blog because it was so much fun. I took so many notes. On, um, yeah, Peter, so we had like uh, David Fox, Peter Langston. Peter Langston was the guy who started it. Um, and they were making games on Atari 2600s with 100... Sorry? That was a very difficult console to produce games. So I've been reading up about it. And, you know, to make it produce any graphics, it had so many hoops you had to jump through. It wasn't a simple um, plonk this image over here, plonk that sprite over there. They were ridiculous. You had to basically reprogram the scan line. Every line you were drawing was like drew, drew anew as you scanned down the screen. It was just horrific for today's programmers to even think about. And it's amazing that any games were ever written for it at all, to be honest. Yeah, but it did have 128 bytes of RAM, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. They were saying, I think one of the quotes I noted down was, they said, you wouldn't use a whole byte if you only need seven bits. Of course. <laughs> Which is a lovely concept. That's when men were men. Ball Blazers. That was for their first game. Ball Blazers. And Rescue on Fractalus. I hear that they found some lady running HR to give the awards. Because they were embarrassed there for 14 years, they hadn't found a lady. That's right. They I, mean, I mean, obviously they couldn't find Lady Dev because they don't exist, but they found some HR lady and she gave the talk, yeah? How did you? How on earth did you hear about this in the first place? Well, you know, I've got my spies. You do. You must carry a great deal to find out such a banal piece of information. <laughs> the GDC Awards were, for the very first time, hosted by a lady. And she proved and she- it, didn't she? She proved it by showing a diagram of a vagina at the beginning, which upset quite a few people because pointing out that if you wanted to find women by the genitals, you are kind of alienating a great deal of the crowd at GDC. Well, that's fine, but it's her right to do so as a woman. It's her right to do so as a person. But anyway, she... Um, no, as a woman, because you you, she can get away with it, but you would not be allowed to define her as such. Well, no, I think a few people were a bit miffed who were also women, but... Um, anyway, yeah, and uh, you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what, John? I yes, I they, do. I bet you they were miffed, and I bet you it sort of ate up at them, and they were annoyed, and they might have even complained about it. These same people, when they left the Moscone Center, wouldn't have noticed the twenty or so mad and ill people they were stamping their stiletto shoes on. <laughs> who knows? I don't um, know. I who knows? Yeah, okay. so who knows? Nick. I, Nick I, does. I know. Nick knows. Nick knows. I know. Uh, um, these self-indulgent tosses, and the <laughs> and the ambassador award went to a lady for the first time in thirteen years. I know, well. and they gave her a lovely patronising standing ovation, Anita Sarkeesian, and you said she was noble and brave and lovely. It, it wasn't patronising; it was a genuine. Pretty, and you said she has such pretty hair. I did say what lovely hair she has. She tries so hard. Um, <laughs> yes. It was a genuine standing ovation, and I was a part of it. I was on my feet because she has been an inspiration to me. So there you go. Last night, Nick, I had ten people in my hotel room. Did you? Yes, I did. And what were you up to? Just sex. Oh, is that all? I thought you were up to something interesting. No, no, we just all came in and had sex. Oh, right. Uh, Nothing to do with games, then? Well, I mean, they were tangentially related to the games industry, most of them, but... I mean, I suppose that... uh, Laura doesn't mind, I assume. Well, what can she do? She's 6,000 miles away. While the cat's away. (laughs) The mouse will have sex with ten people from the games industry in his hotel room. (laughs) Yes, that's how the phrase goes. That's how the saying goes. I don't have sex with anyone at all. Because I'm too tired yes. and faithful. The, the, uh, 
all, all the games group groupers and groupies, you know, yeah. being equal opportunities, have been throwing themselves at you, but you've said no. I'm too been, tired. I'm too tired, faithful. and perhaps and perhaps faithful. Yes. Yeah. My hotel room has an infinite tunnel of mirrors, which is why it's become the best place to film the RPS wrap-up videos at the end of the day. Where does, where does one get to see the wrap-up videos? On the Rock, Paper, Shotguns. Are they worth watching or they're a little banal? Uh, the, I haven't, do you know, I haven't had time to do anything. The first one um, that we recorded on Monday evening, I watched the first half of, I was a part of, and that was, that was a lot of fun because I, wouldn't, I kept taking it off topic. Oh, good. So it's basically what I'm doing. Great. Uh, well, I was, that's what I was trying to do, was just to force them to not talk about video games, but rather we talked about socks and we talked about uh, other stuff I've forgotten. Exactly. It's nonsense. This is the podcast where we talk about video games, as we've proved. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Last night was such fun. I had, um, I have forgotten, I didn't even know most of the people who were here. Um, it was lovely. I had, we had Ash Birch from Hey Ash, What You're Playing. Um, she was here. What and was we she had, playing? She was oh, playing, sex, sex, sitting sex. on the bed, talking to a camera. Hmm. Um, and we had uh, Paul Dean off of Eurogamer and lots of other journalism places. And Nathan was here. We had um, Hayden, who records the videos with Nathan. And we had me. I was great. We had a whole bunch of developers. We had a guy from... Um, uh, I've forgotten everyone's names. But really cool people, and it was really fun, and we talked for about an hour, and it will be on the website at some point later today, I imagine. And it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of swearing in it, I'm afraid. You'll be very offended by that. So anybody who listens to this podcast shouldn't watch that because they'll be scared by the They'll be bad very guys. angry. And we, we and you'll hate it because we talked about, uh, we just, we'd all, most of us had just been to see One Reason to Be with Bre- uh, Brenda Romero and Lee Alexander and, and various other female games developers talking about that subject at great length and with great passion and it was extraordinary and wonderful yeah well i'm so glad that um you figured out the priorities for female um empowerment i have yeah gosh i deserve to be congratulated 60 they reckon that around sixty thousand uh british women have undergone fgm mm. But it's more important to talk about lady gamers, I think. <laughs> Don't be that person. Don't be the person who's like, oh, you can't talk about the fact that your foot hurts because there's starving children in Africa. No, I've decided I am going to allow more oh, don't. I, I am actually Well, you can be, but you can't condemn others for talking about a variety of subjects. Well, I can. I can. I can. I condemn. think. Look, I just did, John. I did. I condemned them. See? It worked. Wow. Did you no, don't... condemn come out of my mouth? I did, you're right. And it flew across the Atlantic, and it hit your ear. Tell me again, again, 60,000 people. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, because there's some ladies who... Oh, douche. Do shush shush your mouth. People's lives matter, no matter the scale to which of the horrors. No, I don't think... I think that sort of talk is what gets you the people stamping over the um, homeless people. I think it's the kind of talk that gets you people not doing it. No, I disagree. I think that sort of solipsistic, uh, privileged, self-indulgent, uh, frittering around the edges is precisely that which allows you to ignore the bigger issues because you fill up your emotional outrage time with trivia. I think you have a limited amount of emotional outrage time and it's more comfortable to fill it with trivia because otherwise you'd have to deal with real horrors like schizophrenic people dying in the gutter as you walk to your conference to talk about ladies and games. So no, I disagree with you. Sorry. Mm. I know I don't. Related, but I do. 
<laughs> you're not allowed to, and in violating that, you are now going to be, by the channel formed through this internet connection, you are under the laws, San Franciscan laws of death penaltyness. Actually, does Cal- I, don't, I assume California at least doesn't have a state death penalty, surely not. Although of course it does. Not all states sure do. Not I know states. not all states do, but I'm fairly sure California is like a, one of the leading proponents of death penalties. But, isn't they're, it? but they're nominally liberal, John. I'm going to have... Oh, yeah, that's why they voted Arnold Schwarzenegger for 400 years. Uh, yeah, I'm going to find out now. pretend to be a cuddly, liberally sort of uh, Republican. I'm looking up states with and without the death penalty on deathpenaltyinfo.org, which, if I remember correctly, is a very good website. Of um, course, your, your, your state can't get out of it that easily, even if it doesn't have it, because there's still the federal death penalty. Yes, indeed. Uh, states with a death penalty include uh, California. Oh, that's sad. What's their favourite death penalty tool? Oh, hang on, that's just... Oh, this doesn't... It's usually it's usually horrific injection these days rather than electric chair. I like the old electric chair. That was fun. <laughs> uh, California... Have you... Did you um, Shush, 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 I'm telling you the answers. Number of executions since 1976, 13. Oh, that's all right. Barely anybody. Yeah, before 709. Okay, well, there you go. It's all Um, going in the right direction. I will tell you, I will tell you which state, I will tell you which states you can live in without the death penalty, uh, other than the federal one. You've got Alaska, Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Iowa, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Vermont, West, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. Uh, I choose Hawaii. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that wasn't an option. It was an option. It wasn't. No, it was an option. I've gone insane. Yes, sorry. It, they evolved. They evolved. Literally, literally, you flown across the Atlantic. You then yeah. landed at Heathrow. You got yeah. a BA shuttle to uh, Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport. You then took the train from Charles de Gaulle Airport to um, Paris Nord, and then you walked downhill until uh, you got to the river, and then you jumped in. And I you didn't jump, I just walked in. I just walked in. And then you were literally insane. No, I was spelling it S-A-N-E, so it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hawaii abandoned the... Hawaii abolished the death penalty in 1957. Illinois, and this is why I was out of date. I was sure Chicago was still a death land, but 2011, so very recently they got rid of it. How did they do that? I don't know. Maryland was last year. How? I don't know. That's weird, because you don't expect them to want to do that at the moment. No. Connecticut, 2012. Maryland, 2013. Illinois, 2011. This is, yeah, it's a kind of a bit of a movement happening here. 2013? What? You mean with not killing the gays, there's also a general not killing movement going on? <laughs> it does seem that way. These things Fortunately, move in, a, in, an, in an odd way. Like Apparently, even some of the Christians in America don't necessarily want to kill gay married people at the moment. It's like the tide is turning very quickly on that issue in a way that couldn't have been predicted five years ago. Or maybe that's what killed Fred Phelps. Ah, oh, poor old Fred. As a Christian, you must have been very sad when the, the foremost proponent of your faith died today. I definitely, I definitely didn't, on the video last night, cheer and punch my hands in the air. Don't speak ill of the dead. Don't speak ill of the murderous, monstrous, children Phelps, beating dead. Fred Phelps never spoke ill of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he beat his children so badly that two of them have permanent bone disorders. Ah, oh, spareth the rod, spoileth the child. He certainly didn't spoil his children. He certainly didn't, did he? Oh, he was such a lovely man. In, nine, in May 2013, Maryland abolished the death penalty. However, the repeal was not retroactive, leaving five people on the state's death row. Oh, they must have been high-fiving each other. Yes, I was just saying, hooray, we're special weather last <laughs> Oh, the same in Connecticut in 2012. Eleven people still going to get you know, leftovers, grandfathered into the death penalty. Phew, close shave. That sort of mercy would just be unacceptable, wouldn't it? God, it's so monstrous. We've all we've, we've decided as a state that murdering people for murder is wrong. Except eh, you guys can still go. You we already for the paperwork. The paperwork's done. Nothing, what can we do? Yeah, it's going to be a bureaucratic sake. nightmare. Oh God! Okay. Yeah, we just we don't. Frankly, we we just got no precedent in law on how to deal with this sort of thing. So probably best we just kill you. All right, thanks. <laughs> I'm drinking Diet Coke with lime because I am in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I think you shouldn't. It tastes disgusting. You know, um, a big part of this uh, no-carb no thing has been teaching myself to like things I hated. So, like, That's I've true. discovered a love for broccoli and for cauliflower, which yeah. are two things I swore I'd never like, and um, all sorts of different things. And, part, and so I've done the same. I've trained myself to find what is nice about um, soapy, soapy aspartame. Mm. Just what's the naughtiest thing you? It's confession time. What's the naughtiest mm -hmm. thing you've eaten? Uh, the hash browns at the um, at the diner, my favourite diner in in all the world. That's not that's not even true. Though. My favourite diner is in LA, but LA is not a state worth uh, a city worth visiting to go no. to that diner. So, as you bit into that hash brown, was oh. it like little Jesus had a third coming in your mouth? <laughs> it was because I had um, this extraordinary omelette and the hash. Oh, it was just beautiful. And there's nothing. The hash browns there aren't. They're not. It's not like they've got some secret recipe or anything. They just make them really, really well. There's another. Um, there's Laurie's Diner across the way, and it's like a fu uh, fun, awful kitsch fifties diner. And their hash browns, I, 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 they serve them whether you ask for them or not. And I just, I took a bite of one on the first day, and I was like, it's not. This isn't worth the empty carbs. No, well, fair so 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 it wasn't just the hash browns. They you were actually complimenting that specific chef. Oh yeah, they, they, so I, I love it. You sit at the bar and you can watch them making them. They empty these giant bags onto this vast grill, and they just turn them over with what looks like it should be a masonry tool to flip the hash browns, and you get like a half a foot of, of hash brown on your plate. It's it's a beautiful thing. You had a steak as well. Uh, not for breakfast, no. No, they no, offer no. it. It's on the menu. You can have breakfast steak. I watched some. I watched one being cooked yesterday morning on the grill. It was amazing. Breakfast steak. Yeah. Well, there you are. Homeless schizoids, death penalty, and breakfast steak. I honestly, that in that particular diner, the homeless schizoids outside could take some of their money and just come in and buy one. It's so cheap they could come in and buy a steak without any problems. Tell you what, tomorrow. Yes. Why, why don't you buy one of the homeless schizoid steaks? Uh, I could, but I don't necessarily know if you want one. Oh, ask him, say what? I say, try this. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going into the diner at the moment. Um, I'll get you anything you want to eat. What would you like? Yeah, so I... That would be what I, I mean, he probably want drink, but you'll say, no, I can't get you a drink because they don't sell <laughs> it there. What I've been, what I've been thinking is I'd love to just come back and, and, and uh, when, I had, when I was here, not for work, and just interview 
these people just sit and talk with them and ask them about their lives and just hear what they have to say yes i think oh, I've, I've always wondered about that because yeah they're not really considered people are they not but exactly but the the issue they're with vermin. doing that they're, they're vermin they're like pigeons or rats and the reason why doing that is actually not helpful is because when you do that, when you talk to someone, you're interrupting their begging and therefore they can't, they're missing out on all the people who would have given them cash. So it's actually incredibly unhelpful when you do stuff like this. But No, so what you have to do is you say... It's beg say, with them. It's beg with them. Or you'll say, um, to pay for your, your time, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. give you this amount of money and therefore... That's a, yeah, that works too. I think begging with them is good though, because you can get, as people walk past, you can help them ask for change and that, that, yeah. well, that way you can, yeah. can work... <laughs> An interesting thing to do. Well, if, if you would have only have won the 108 million pounds in the Euro Millions, you could have had the John Walker Beggars Fund Trust, and you could have gone around the whole world doing this sort of thing. But you can't because you were clumsily. You allowed a man who's only interested in sports cars to win. I I, I came so close to winning though. It's true. You because I've heard of. You, I don't. I, I don't even know what it is. To be honest, I know when do you buy? It's the. Is it a Euro European wide? Can you buy tickets like the, across the whole of Europe? Yeah, it's quite an interesting idea in a weird way. You can buy tickets across the whole of Europe. Um, each country's lottery runs it, but they all accumulate the money, which is why the pot the pots get so big. If you just die. Oh, right. I, I just put my diet coke bottle in the bin. The pots are so big, and then you have to guess, guess, I think it's seven numbers, and if you get the seven numbers right, you win the money. The, the biggest win in this country was a year, a couple of years ago, I think it was 168 million. I mean, you could even, you could, you could probably live on that. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, if you budgeted. No, what's quite funny about it, I thought even if you put that in the world's crappest current account that gives you 1% interest, which is what the current accounts currently do, that yeah. would be, um, that would be £1.6 million a year in interest. <laughs> so with some judicious accounting and yeah, you know, you're very making, careful. Sure, yeah. making sure you were going to, going to uh, Aldi rather than Tesco. You could almost live on the you interest. Could, you could scrape by. <laughs> that would be lovely. How peculiar. But what's so odd is that uh, the way you get this is by guessing seven numbers. <laughs> we live in a peculiar world. <laughs> you really do. Well, I have to talk to my wife and then go for breakfast, so I need to stop. We did oh, a yeah. good half hour. We did a cruise-length podcast. I reminded her to remain pregnant today. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. It's very important. It is important. Okay, oh, well, actually, I say I say we should stop, but Audacity is telling me we've got I've got disk space remaining for another 331 hours and 35 minutes. I've only got 272. Oh. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Sorry about that. Well, um, good luck in coming back. Make sure your aeroplane doesn't get hijacked. Thank you. Um, and hopefully we could record in person at some stage. It would be nice. That would be nice. Well, don't forget, come the end of April, I've got my holidays. And then Judge, uh, we've had calls for Judge Coxcomb to come. We have. Well. Yes, yes, strong calls. And he's got plenty of time now, too. Why is that? Well, you know, what does Judge Coxcomb do every 18 months or so? <laughs> does he? Has he done it again? Good yes. Man. Yes. And then in a couple of weeks' time, he'll get offered a job paying £45 billion an hour. And then he'll get bored of that in 18 months and yes. get a new one. Get but new he's, one. he's properly clever, isn't he, that boy? Well, and he's got just the right skills that bankers want on their computers, yes. Just the right skills, but not the right temperament. <laughs> All right, then. Have fun. Sleep well. Keep well. Mind the bed bugs don't bite.
Love you. Bye.